Hey folks, welcome back to the DC Three Cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Zach and Vince. We are here to talk about two different comics. We're talking about four comics, really, but we're this is basically a Beast World catch up for the last two weeks. But for the most part, we're going to talk about two books that came out on the twenty third of January. But we're going to start the week before. Uh, which is a real quick recap of two issues that I read. Vince, I'm going to guess you didn't read these? Oh, no. Okay, Zach, did you read them? I read Titans. I didn't read Nightwing only because I have not been keeping up with Nightwing anyway, so... Okay, you didn't have... It, it's a totally self-contained Nightwing story. Well... Um, but it's I also, fine. Well, I flipped through it, and it looked like the one that mattered less. So. That is definitely true, yes. Um, so I'll start with that one then, I guess. Uh, Nightwing 110, written by Tom Taylor, illustrated by Sammy Bossery. Always nice to see some Sammy Bossery art. Um, this is a a boilerplate uh, Nightwing tie-in story. Uh, the Bossery art was really nice. You know, there, there's a bit of this that's nice in just seeing both um, both John Kent and Dick Grayson's sort of brother brotherhood brotherly relationship with Damien. Uh, you know, it, it's fine. There, there's one funny joke in this, which is that. So, as you know, through Beast World, these spores they hop from, um, like host to host, going to the more powerful one, and they can't figure out at first why the the spore that's in Damien isn't leaping into John Kent. And what they realize is that it's based on the perception of the host, and that Damien thinks he's more powerful than John, and that's why it won't jump. <laughs> Um, which is which is a fun little bit of Damien. It's pretty funny. Yeah, it's it's a fun bit of Damien writing. Um, but overall, the issue was was fine. Nothing to write home about. Um, similarly, from last week, we have Titans number seven, written by Tom Taylor, illustrated by Travis Moore. Uh, Zach, what'd you think of this? Uh, I thought it was I thought it was fine. It, you know, it, it's the resolution to the really kind of the main plot of Titans thus far. Um, you know, it's kind of interesting how Titans is building up this whole brother eternity thing. And then that gets sidelined by um, Beast World, which is the big new thing. And then Taylor is like, okay, but I'm also still going to resolve the brother eternity thing just kind of off to the side while no one's looking, you know? Yeah. I mean, and there, there was a little bit of, of tie in there with, uh, with Tempest being, controlled by a spore mm-hmm, right so, mm-hmm. so so there there was some crossover there but it you're was right. still yeah yeah but this also feels like it could have still been like it's kind of it's just kind of weird to me how this was the the main plot but then it became the b plot yes sort yes. of yeah, uh, I'll, like I'll, like I'll, uh what's his name the the tamaranian orchestrated all of this potentially obviously like Waller probably had some influence in getting things to happen the way they did but like he was the catalyst for the beginning of Beast World right but he just kind of like fucks off after the first issue <laughs> yes yeah um i will say uh a funny bit here uh, vincy is that uh nightwing gets possessed by a spore and he turns into a fox and everybody's like, of course he's a fox, <laughs> which is uh, a, a funny, again, a, a nice little bit of Taylor writing there. It's a good yeah. gag, yeah. Yeah. But that's that's pretty much uh, all I have to say about the... Uh... Yeah, Garth is good again. And... Yes, Garth is good again. Um, I'm glad, too. That was an annoying plot point, I feel like, 
for that first arc. I mean, I understood why they needed to have somebody be the uh, the sort of, sort of turned titan, the heel, yeah, yeah, kinda, yeah. Um, but I, I think that Garth is a character we don't really see that much of, and so it was annoying to have this character that oh look, Garth's back, and then he was obnoxious the whole time he was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, whereas you know, I guess Beast Boy was otherwise occupied, but he's always he's the one I could see less of normally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not to speak ill of the comic book dead, that is. <laughs> um. Anyway, with that behind us, let's get to the two issues from this week, starting with Beast World, uh, Titans Beast World number five, written by Tom Taylor, illustrated by Ivan Reyes. Um, let's not talk about the reveal at the end just yet. I think that merits its own conversation. I wanted to start off with just, you know, we, we have sort of shit on this event for, from a variety of angles here. But there's one thing I think this, that this event has done consistently well, and I think this issue does it really well, which is I feel like, and I think I might have mentioned this on a prior episode, so forgive me if I'm repeating myself, but I think it bears repeating with this issue. One of the things that has been a a sort of uh, a key piece of the Titans mythology as of late is that they are a family and they really care about each other. And I feel like a lot of times that is just sort of something that's said, but you don't really see it reflected on the page, where I feel like throughout this issue, there are multiple times of characters really being there for one another and supporting each other and sticking their neck out for one another. And not that we don't see other heroes do that, but there is something particularly emotional is maybe the word I'm looking for about the way that the Titans are there for each other. And I just think that that's that that's a unique aspect of these characters, and I'm glad that Taylor is doing that because this this book, in so many ways, has and by this book I mean Beast World, not Titans. Beast World could have been with just a couple of little changes here a Justice League story instead of a Titan story. So I'm glad that there's an element like that that really plants this as a Titan story that really couldn't be told with other characters in the DCU in the same way. Um, at least other characters maybe aren't the JSA, which is the other group that I would say feels more familial than than others. Um, but that that's that's sort of where I wanted to start from. Do either of you care about that, or is that just a a Brian thing? Um, I I care a little about that. I and I think you're right. I think that is that's what makes that's what makes a well written Titan story. Um different than a, a well-written justice league story i i think like a a proper titan story should highlight the fact that these are like friends who grew up together basically right whereas the justice league is not that you know they care about each other in a different way and it may even get emotional at times but it's different from um these titans characters who you know ostensibly through the magic of continuity and timey-wimey stuff, you know, have grown up over the last uh, 70 years or whatever it's been, you know, like yeah. less than that, I'm sure. But um, I, I I guess probably, I mean, they've, they've been a team since the early sixties. So yeah. 60 so years what is it? I guess we're almost, yeah, we're almost at 70. Um, but uh yeah, and I think I think Taylor does that well, but that's 
that's the sort of thing that Taylor always does really well and, and does it kind of in his sleep. I think, you know, that that's the, what's so good about um, kind of the Elseworld stuff he writes too. Like there's always, you know, whatever the configuration Taylor always finds like the heart of the matter. Um, I'm not going to sing Don Henley, by the way. <laughs> uh you know, he, he figures out how to highlight the characters that care as characters, what makes them unique. Um, and that's what makes the Elseworld so strong because an, an Elseworlds is nothing if it doesn't reflect or if it doesn't reflect, uh, the essential nature of these characters or, you know, um, subvert, subvert them, you know? Right. And he, he's really good at that stuff. And, and here it's, you know, everything, every time he writes the Titans engaging with one another, it's a, it's a reflection of kind of decades of Titans history. So I'll give him that even if I don't like, even if I really don't like the plot of the story that's going on here, I do think he writes a well-written Titans team. Zach, do you care about this at all? Yeah, I mean, I I do agree. I think like there there is like Taylor is good at capitalizing on the history here, which is a good thing. I don't particularly care that much about it, only because I just like don't have a super strong attachment to any of these characters. Probably only really Dick is is, is the is like the only one that I have like a real emotional attachment to. Um, Not even Wally. No, not really. Um, Cause like again, like I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't really have. I've never really read any Wally comics, Fair. honestly. You know, sure, uh, sure. you know, I've never read the Johns run. I've never read the Wade run. So, um, and the Flash just like wasn't a big part of my like growing up in any way. Really, like I knew who the Flash was, but didn't have like a strong connection to any of them really so um if anything like i guess maybe the one i have like the most affection for is like jay just because i'm a jsa mark but um yeah i don't know um so yeah that stuff doesn't necessarily hit that well with me um or hit that hard with me i can acknowledge that it's that it's good though especially i think the scene between um donna and raven i think is probably like the best one in this that was especially good yes yeah um the thing that i liked the most and the thing that kind of like set this apart i feel like from a justice league story not that it's not that it necessarily couldn't work as a Justice League story. I just think the implications are more interesting where it, it's the stuff with them and the ultimatum kind of that they have with Amanda Waller, where they're kind of forced into a position where they have to do a thing that will cast them negatively in the eyes of the public. And because they are, you know, the younger heroes they're essentially kind of the second string, you know, the up and comers, the one the, the next generation that the public would probably already look down on some like more so than the justice league. I, I just think that it's a really interesting dynamic that Taylor has kind of wheedled into this event. The only reason I don't like that Zach is I feel like that is the, 
going to be the in-story reason for why the Justice League returns. And I'm tired of the Justice League. Yeah. See, if it does go that way, I would be I would be really disappointed as well. For for me, this reads as like a great um conflict for them to overcome to finally like claim that Justice League status. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Uh, it, I in an ideal situation that this would be that to me. Mm-hmm. Um, like if they can overcome this and beat it, then they have earned the right to be the Justice League now. You know what sure. I mean? Yeah. And maybe that could still happen. You know, we still don't have a Justice League book in in the immediate future. Right. Um. Yeah. Did you and- hear about the Did you hear the Justice Gang rule? Uh, a rumor on Bleeding Cool? No. DC might replace the Justice League with the Justice Gang in 2024, featuring unconventional heroes. I could see that as a as a placeholder still, uh, you know, for um, I, I could definitely see that. I could the fact that we don't have a Justice League book at this point leads me to believe that they could be Taylor and DC could be playing a long game where at least some of these Titans characters and like the next generation becomes an actual Justice League. See, the reason I don't necessarily think that is because I feel like this Titans group is so specifically, they are so specifically Titans. That's why, that's why I only say some, I I could, I don't expect the Titans to become the justice league necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think a, a Dick Grayson led justice league. I think I almost think we have to have it at this point. See, I I, I feel like what's going to happen is they're going to go. They being Batman and Superman or whoever are going to say, like, we need you like after either Beast World or some other big event. They're going to say, like, you've clearly proven that you're ready for this. And he's like, no, I've clearly proven the Titans are my team. Well, that would be boring as hell, and I would stop <laughs> reading DC Comics. No, you wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> You're so full of shit. At this uh, point, though, I like a, a big seven Justice League. Oh, it's so boring. I never want to see a big seven Justice League again. Me, no, I, I, mean? I agree and with I, that, yeah. And I think that DC, by going so long with not having one, has proven that we don't need it right now or in the foreseeable future. Eventually, yes, we'll get it back. But right now, we just don't need it. So I I want to get to Vince in a second, but I was thinking about this before. I know that there have been many times when uh, the Avengers have not been like at the front and center of Marvel comicing, like the the Avengers being the co headliner to the X Men is a relatively new thing for Mar for Marvel in in the modern era. Yeah, it's been like since the. Really, since like Bendis, basically. Yeah, yeah. But has was there ever a period of of this long at Marvel without an Avengers ongoing? Marvel. Yeah, they have one. No, what I'm saying is, oh. for as long as the Justice League has been awaited, oh, has, has Marvel mean. ever done that same thing with the Avengers? Not in modern. No, I mean, again, <laughs> definitely not since the Bendis run, and even I, before that, I don't think they have. I can't remember. I, 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 don't, I don't think don't there's know. ever not been an Avengers book. Right. Was there there was there wasn't a break before disassembled, right? If there was, so. I think it was pretty short. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm just sure there's been I'm a few months think, here and there, you know, but yeah, yeah. I don't even know who I don't know who was on the book prior to that. Was it Busick? Did it didn't go from Busick to Bendis? There had to be somebody in, in between that. Talk amongst yourselves for a second. But, it wasn't. Uh, hang on a minute. It wasn't Chuck Austin, was it? It could have been. You you guys talk amongst yourselves. I'm gonna be doing a little. Uh, Non DC, we're cheating on DC here. Oh, a little research. Well, but but the, so the the reason that I was bringing this up was I feel like, um, you know, it would be really interesting if they brought the Justice League back, but purposely as like the B team, like if 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 they, if they treated the Justice League the way that they've been treating the Titans for the last fifty years, sixty years. Yeah, I don't know how they do that necessarily necessarily uh, you know just I, I don't see i don't know how that would work but it's it, uh it was chuck austin it was yeah oh i'm good damn wow you are i i don't know how long he was on it but he he at least did like the preceding arc uh-huh uh-huh with scott collins on pencils uh-huh oh buddy i was reading that shit <laughs> oh. uh um yeah i just can't find you can't find like a good damn it i know walter <laughs> a friend of the show walter richardson always bemoans this and he's absolutely right the death of comic book db the death of comic book db yep. i curse it frequently it would be so easy now i'm trying to look at like the fandom wikia and yeah. like that I only goes to, so I far to, i googled yeah. avengers 499 did not find anything found a wiki link to Avengers 500, which is the first Bendis issue, and then had to backtrack one issue from that to get to it. <laughs> How inconvenient is that? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Okay, the that music run was pretty close up to that, though, because it was it went up to issue 56, and the last okay. issue of pre-Bendis Avengers was 84, and then it renumbered to 500. Okay. Yes. And... Yeah, does that include Avengers Forever? That was also in the Busick. I think um, that was a mini series. I want to say. Okay, uh, it was longer than a mini series. Well, I think, but like a, it was, a it was not part series. of Avengers proper, though. Is okay. what I mean. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I think it was like twelve issues, wasn't it? I'm trying to think of what ha- happened after um, Heroes Reborn. You know. Ah, uh, um, ninety four. Hang on. Regardless, I mean, I, we I'm can, gonna we're gonna turn this, this into is, a Marvel podcast. Yeah, this that. is this is more interesting than anything we we're gonna talk about anyway. Um, <laughs> no, hang on. Let's Man, see. Koi Powell was on this with Austin. That's wild. It looks to me. Oh, when was I the could, John stuff? That was like oh one, I think. Let's see. That might have been after the music run. It looks it looks to me, I could be wrong. It looks to me like there was a very short break after the onslaught. Uh-huh. Because all of those characters but surely surely there was some other Avengers book going on at that point, don't you think? Like Well that that might have been Avengers Forever. Maybe. Oh uh, what year was that? Avengers Forever ninety eight. Yeah, which, which correct me if I'm wrong. Avengers Forever was like a flashback 
series. I'm not sure. I couldn't tell. So, you. There's no so way to know. There's no way of knowing. I think I think what we've landed on is the only break that that we really took from a proper Avengers book was at was the Heroes Reborn stuff. Mm-hmm. And um and even that was replaced with a main Avengers book that may just not have been set in the current MCU. <laughs> not MCU. M- I was gonna say <laughs> <laughs> the current 616 or whatever. Yeah, 616, yeah. 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 Here, let's see. Uh, so Avengers Volume 3, I think, is what picked up after Heroes Reborn. Mm-hmm. Let's. What was Avengers was... Volume 2? Avengers Volume 2 ended with... Um, it was during the Onslaught stuff. It was like 394. It was like around 400. I don't think it was 400 exactly, but actually it looks like Avengers volume two was only 13 issues. It's wild to me how relatively few volumes of Avengers there were until the Bendis run. And there's been 7,000 Avengers <laughs> runs since then. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Avengers volume one, Rob Liefeld, baby. <laughs> and Jim Valentino. Uh, Close it out. What? What year was this? Ninety ninety six. Oh, ninety six. And so then four oh two was the last issue of volume one, and that came out September ninety six. So it looks like it was like a straight relaunch. So uh let's see. So Avengers Volume Two number thirteen came out, written by James Robinson. Yeah. No way. Why is there no date? Ninety six to ninety seven. November ninety seven or release date. That was cover date. Release date was September seventeenth, ninety seven. Mm-hmm. And then next, a, next volume was February ninety eight. Okay, so, so not that, even a year. Right. That's the extent of the break. And like I said, I'm pretty sure that Avengers Forever comic launched before. I could be wrong about that, but um, the point stands, right? Yeah, and we're all having fun googling things, and that's what our fans want to hear. So it is, it is. It's better than, like I said, it's better than anything we said about uh, Avengers. This book. Forever ran from December ninety eight to. Oh, okay, so it was after November ninety nine. Yeah, yeah, it was after the third launch. Okay, but uh, yeah, plot. so 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 that is. One day that we're going to the... read all of this for DC three. Rick Jones. Yep. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> uh, that is the majority of my thoughts on uh, on this issue. Although uh-huh. you know, I I, I do I, I hesitate to say anything positive about the Amanda Waller piece of a story no. here. Uh, but I feel like Waller going out into the open is just something different. It is different. I kind of hate how ham-fisted it is oh it's it's not good but it's something different it is yeah it is it could be that okay i i don't think i articulated this well uh the last time we talked about this but those are the stakes i'm looking for like if amanda waller goes public with this goes over the president's head or whatever whatever we're supposed to think is happening if that reflected on 
America in the comic world or the or you know the world at large if that if those stakes were at that level where like now the public knows about this they can either decide whether they support it or they don't like those are the real stakes that I'm looking for you know otherwise mm-hmm. this was just another story where this like cosmic enemy uh fucks things up for a while and then they the titans clean it all up and it's and it's over and done with you know yeah um i like it, again i feel like dc is edging and you know we're doing phrasing so um <laughs> i feel like they're edging so close to that like um infinite crisis sort of feel where like a, a lot of inf- infinite crisis era stories had to do not just with like the threats that the heroes were facing, but the DC universe kind of as a whole, all of these, all of these threats were like reverberating through like government agencies, the public, the uh, lesser heroes and how they're affected by it. You know, instead of being these self-contained kind of things that just wrap up and we forget about them, you know, it would be nice mm-hmm. if we got to the point where like, if you're going to make Amanda Waller, the big bad behind everything by God, there's a way to do it, to make it interesting. And that is to have her be this like actual, this is the thing that's missing from Amanda Waller going back to like the original suicide squad where she is actually this complicated character where like, you from one angle you could say that she's maybe doing the right thing uh or at least like half of the country would think that she is you know mm-hmm. if you if you actually lean into that and write a story based on like uh the morality tale or whatever you might have something there i get sick and tired of seeing like the cackling waller behind the scenes showing up at the end of every issue and going like, hey, it was me the whole time, you know, put that in into the public eye, make it like some kind of global morality thing and, and then see where the chips fall. You know, like if you insist on centering this all around her and task force X or whatever she's got going on these days, you know, mm-hmm. She does have so a new suicide, it, new suicide Squad starting soon, right? Or yeah. there is a new Suicide Squad book. We, I guess we don't know how much she's involved. But she's involved, yeah. yeah. It's yeah, her, her and Dreamer, remember? I couldn't remember if, if Dreamer was working with her. I couldn't remember how that all panned out or whatever. But, um, Dreamweaver. You know, it's, it is funny how... I can't remember what book it was that we were talking about that was, like, politically inclined. And I, I said something about how, like, it's so dumb, but it's also, Wonder like... Woman. Well, it was Wonder Woman. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yes, that's that's the one. And this is kind of doing that too, but like arguably, and may- maybe you guys are going to call bullshit on this, but I think like even more ham-fistedly so. Yeah. Oh, for, for in this? Yeah. Yes, for yeah. sure. For okay. sure. It, it, Taylor is basically saying like... Uh, He's basically teeing up the 2024 election, isn't he? Like <laughs> humanity doesn't want heroes. They want somebody to lock people up. Dot, yeah. dot, dot. You get, you, you get it. <laughs> you see what I'm doing? Uh-huh. <laughs> and like I said, that's really ham fisted. 
I don't know if I like the way that that's that's written so obviously here. But if it's if it spins out into a greater DC universe where Waller actually has like a controversial and and dividing public role, that might be kind of interesting. Yeah, I. But I sorry, agree. I hijacked. I, I hijacked what you were saying. I'm sorry. Go keep going. No, no, that was it. That was pretty much it. Um, I, but on your point about infinite crisis, we are like, you know, like two issues away from Raven snapping of Amanda Waller's neck and, <laughs> and infinite yeah. crisis, you know, next year is the 20 year anniversary of infinite crisis. I was thinking about that <laughs> the other day and how <laughs> infinite crisis was the 20th anniversary of crisis. Of oh God. Oh my God! I'm, wow. You know that GIF of Matt Damon from Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. That's, yeah. That's me right now. Uh huh. Yep. <laughs> right. I'm I'm crumbling. Yeah. And, and oh, to damn. this, the news the news today that Jeff Tweedy from Wilco needed a hip replacement, and I feel so fucking old, man. <laughs> oh man. Oh. I'm sure there's lots of reasons why he needed that, not just not just old age. Well, in my mind, it's just old age. But yeah, maybe he has bonitis from, from Futurama. <laughs> Perhaps. Um, no, what I was <laughs> going to say regret is... is I had bonitis. <laughs> uh, what I was going to say was the the thing about the the Waller thing for me that the part that I'm a little bit um, hesitant on is I just feel like. There is so little difference between Amanda Waller, government stooge, and like when Lex Luthor was president. It's just it's the same idea, right? It's what if this incredibly powerful, smart, but uses that intelligence and power for the wrong reason person is given political power. Now I know we haven't seen President Luthor in a long time, but you know, it just seems to be probably, like that. probably twenty years. <laughs> probably talking. more than twenty years, right? Luthor wasn't president during Infinite Crisis, was he? No, after I think, right? Was no, it, or it was, was it... before. It was, it was before. before. Oh, it was yeah. like okay. during like two. It was around like late nineties, early two thousands. I want to. Oh, yeah, you're, yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. Because um, the was that during the Joe Casey stuff. Yeah, and like Jeff Loeb and yeah, Joe yeah, Kelly yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, cool. But yeah, it just yeah. it just feels a little bit, a little been there, done that in terms of just you know in, insert political office with uh you know dc villain or whatever um but that's okay i suppose uh anything else to say about uh, we talk about the return of ivan reyes on this issue yeah and it's good yeah, yeah. pretty nice welcome yeah i'd say this actually might be my favorite reyes issue of the of the of the book so far um in particular there was i gotta find the page now there was one page that I really liked. I just thought that, like, Reyes sometimes to me makes. I know that Reyes is great at doing like the big action bombast stuff, but sometimes I feel like he tries to make everything into a moment that feels epic, where not every moment needs that feeling. But there was one particular page. Um, I'll find it. Any other uh, Reyes notes while I look up this page? Yeah, just that that I think I've said this on the show before that like I can recognize how how good he is without him being one of my favorite artists, I think. And what happens with him is I look at his stuff and I like it. And then I read like 
four or five issues of it. And I, I either like, I don't know if I get a little sick of it or I start to spot the flaws as he goes along. But then, then he goes away for a while. And then when he comes back, I appreciate it and remember why I liked it in the first place. That's a good call. I mean, I don't know if that, yeah, that's maybe that's very subjective, but so maybe not everybody has that same experience with this artist, but like for some reason he hits and then I'm good for like three issues. And then I'm like, okay, I, I can, I don't need that. You know, uh, I'm starting to see some flaws or some repetitiveness in the way that he poses characters. And the thing that you're saying, Brian, I agree with that. We're like, um, not everything has to be this epic dramatic, you know, there's, there's different notes that I, I feel like he doesn't play as well as kind of the big powerful action stuff. Mm -hmm. But you know, if he goes away for a little while and gets replaced with a, like a fill in or something, it's, it's noticeable. And then I go, okay, yes. well, I, I see why he's so good. Uh, the page I wanted to talk about was it was the page where Dick and Wally and Raven all show up like outside of that, uh, that got the base where Waller is just the mm -hmm. way they all burst on the scene there. It feels like a very classic sort of superhero pose. And I feel like that's when Reyes is doing his best work is when he's doing that, that classic superhero pose stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Anything else to say about this issue or should we move on to our, uh, our final book of the week? Well, we didn't, oh, we talk, didn't about talk about the, about the thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we got to talk about the thing. <laughs> Which is that apparently uh, Raven's inner demon is Dr. Hate. <laughs> yeah. I, I think arguably one of the worst reveals I've seen in a comic <laughs> in, a, in a long time. <laughs> well, I, I, I will say this. I, I feel like if you've been reading Titans, there's been a little bit of discussion about sort of Raven's like split personality thing. And I feel like that's every time you have Raven in a story. Yeah, I, I, he's I, always I, brooding about that. I guess that's true. I mean, I didn't like this at all. I think it's pretty bad. But the thing I will say for it again is this is very much setting it up as a Titan story. It is, yeah. It is the whole thing about the inner demon living in the gem, and 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 all of a sudden Ra Raven finds the the gem is missing the demon and what happened to it. Oh shit. It's in the helmet of hate or the chaos helmet, whatever it's called. I it's funny. That is technically that's technically a good comic book twist. <laughs> and yet it's the like to, to us who have read a million comics, it's gotta be the most rote boring thing that it could have been, you know? Well, I mean, I, again, like I, I, I understand why, why Taylor wants to incorporate this like large piece of Titans mythos into there. I understand why Dr. Hate needed to be somebody who was going to be close to the Titans so that it, the sort of the actions of Dr. Hate would feel even more intense and, and cutting. But this is just, I mean, Vince, what, what am I going to say? This is, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to say the wrong thing. What? It's essentially landfill, right? Because they they oh, can, they, 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 can, they can kill Raven I without guess, killing Raven. I don't know. Yeah, no, they, no, they, can, they, they can they can kill Doctor Hate, and 
if it turned out, here's the thing. If it turned out somehow that Dr. Hate was actual Raven, that would be interesting. I think it might it might still kind of try to be stupid in the long run, but the idea that this beloved character could betray her teammates, all that, there's drama there. Having it be the evil twin has no drama. All it does is allows DC to do a half-baked version of an interesting story. And that's Lanthorn. Just yeah. wait till you guys see how it ends next week. Oh, boy. Have, have you seen it? Uh, yeah, I flipped through it. Oh okay. Um, what I will say is, I again, this is very subjective because we've read a million comics in our lives. But I can't tell you how underwhelming like the evil twin or the evil version thing is. I much prefer when that character takes off its helmet and it's somebody that doesn't even make sense. You know what I mean? Like what, well, who was that Bendis character? We thought it was going to be King somebody. I mean, we, we, we racked our brain. Oh, we thought it, it was. Be. Yes. The King, the, was it King Faraday? Was it just him or was it a different? I don't, I don't even remember, remember now, but I just remember we were so underwhelmed in the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, right. Right. I don't even, I don't remember, but yeah, I wanted it to be, I, I want I wanted whoever was under uh, the chaos helmet to be like the most insane thing. I wanted it to be like Bibbo or some shit, you know, like <laughs> that's where I'm at in my life reading comics like. Oh, it's an evil twin okay, or even but... if it was like not that surprising, but it made sense like. I, I again, like Brian said, this kind of does make sense, but I don't feel like it was seeded well. But like, remember in Shadow War, where like I predicted in the first issue that the bad guy was Geoforce, yeah, and, and yeah, then it was revealed, but it was like very satisfying because the yes. story, like, it made sense in the story and it was laid out so well. Interest- I don't feel like yes. this is that. Interesting, you say that because I was hoping, and I don't know if I mentioned this to you guys at all. I was hoping this was going to be Terra. Because, oh, that could be fun. Oh, yeah, that would be fun. That would be good. Because think about it. We just ended like the last arc that had Tara in it. She like pulled the plug on. Uh, was on it on? Was right? it on Slade? Yeah, 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 yeah. In that in in that like uh, um, stinger scene in whatever comic that was. Uh-huh. And then and since then she's been gone, right? Yeah. But like, who who better to have like an evil turn? being corrupted by you know the trauma or whatever that led her to this point with Slade and everything mm-hmm. than to have her I mean I know that that's not the story this is telling but like to me that's much more interesting than just ah it's the evil it's the evil raven I agree you know? yes yeah. um but that's not the story they wanted to tell so alas alas indeed Mm-hmm. So oh, Vince, one last oh, thing. One sorry. last thing before we move on. Sure. I did like the scene where Dick uh, kicked John Cena's ass. Yes, <laughs> that was that was a good scene by, by turning his helmet around and then perfect like, stalking him in the jaw. Yeah, it was good. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, it's essentially the hockey fight thing where you lift up the the, the, the jersey <laughs> over the head and then punch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> As famously shown in the hockey classic Happy Gilmore. <laughs> oh, I was thinking Mighty Ducks. Okay. So, again, the perfect representation of the two of us. <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of violence in in Mighty Ducks, but <laughs> the Bash Brothers. 
I also don't think yeah. that there's a montage during the opening credits of uh, Mighty Ducks where Emilio Estevez is humping things the way there is in Happy Gilmore. <laughs> well, well, what place? Tuesday's gone. Or Tuesday's gone. Yeah, my <laughs> little Skinner. Yeah. <laughs> It's actually. I, I think. I think he's just sticking his hockey stick between his legs and doing a humping motion. I don't think it's actually humping things, but uh, right. Yeah, and he well before he somebody. Poke, yeah, he yeah. pokes somebody in the butt with it. I think, and he does. He does it with like a, ga- like a, the, a gas, like a gas, a gas pump. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. Zach, you know what we're talking about here? You see Happy no, Gilmore? No, dude. <laughs> we we really need to do another Patreon podcast where we make Zach watch all these classics. All the all the Adam Sandler movies. All the all the the first four anyway. Yeah. Um, are, are we counting Bulletproof as part of that? Is that what the movie's called? No, Damon Wayans. No. <laughs> I'm talking about the first uh, traditional comedy for Sandlers. So we're we're saying that's <laughs> Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, The Wedding Singer, and uh, Big Daddy. I believe is or Water Water Boy. Boy. Okay, so that's the new thing for me. That's the new thing for me. My new thing is we're going to get Brian to read all of One Piece. And then my thing is we're going to get Vince to do what? It's going to be some Lindelof thing. So it's Uh, it's watch the leftovers. It's got to be the leftovers. Yeah. At least you didn't say Lost. Oh, I would love to rewatch Lost. (laughs) Uh, You've seen Lost, right? No. Uh, no. Oh my gosh! God. We've been how many times have we been over this? What are we doing? Uh, for for Patreon listeners, Lost will definitely come up in this week's discussion of the Invisibles Volume Two. So, um, <laughs> you know, oh, for that. will it? Uh, for, it will for me, absolutely. Yes, hmm, I'm trying to think of the context. They, you'll, they, you'll, uh, they flash sideways or whatever. Shut <laughs> up. No, well, once. <laughs> I mean, I can kind of see where maybe, but I'll I'll be interested. I didn't get that, but I'll I will be interested to hear what you have to say about it for sure. Okay. Yeah. Well, hopefully, the listeners will be too. Hello, denizens of Earth twelve eighteen. We are the hosts of Make Mine Multiversity, a twice monthly podcast. I'm Jaina, and I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. But before we get to that, Vince, what is coming out next week? We didn't talk about... Beast World Star City at all. Oh, fuck, we didn't. <laughs> we have a whole other book to talk about. It doesn't matter. A, a longer book than the one we just talked about. And it doesn't matter. We can, it doesn't we can... matter. <laughs> this show has gone matter. on for... We've gone on so many tents and diversions that's presumed we were done. <laughs> You're always complaining that the show is not long enough. Not really, but... I, no, I'm never a little, complaining about A little that. bit. A little bit. You're always he's, like... He's oh, always he's, trying to... My goal is always I gotta, a half I gotta, I gotta ask them one more question to uh, no. string this along. My goal is always <laughs> a half hour with the show, but we're well, yeah. we're, we're, we're well we're past well, the half we're hour. Well past that. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Titans Beast World uh, Tour Star City Number One. Um, why don't we do this, boys? Unless you have burning things to say, I'm just gonna tell the the title of it and the creative team, and you guys give me a a, a one sentence note on each story in this book does that work mm-hmm. sure yeah okay 
First one is called Like Father, written by Josh Williams and illustrated by Jamal Campbell. It's the first of two stories in this book with Ollie Queen and um, Colin and uh, Connor Hawk. Vince. Um. Well, I really like the way that this one looked, first mm-hmm. of all. Um, but boy, these are just so like these are so disposable. The whole this and the one that kind of follows up on this one at the end, all it serves to do is revisit the relationship between Ollie and um Connor. And which it's we more just like got. We which just we got- just got. It's more absentee dad stuff. It's more like he he wasn't there for me and and he doesn't listen to me and then at the end he does and spoiler alert sorry um which i that's think all, that's, you know that's all the time you have then uh, Zach. yeah okay uh, i uh, yeah jamal campbell's great yeah uh this is all narration and that sucks all right next story birds of a feather this is a red canary slash black canary story by ryan parrot and roger cruz Zach. I I just like don't know if they're gonna make Red Canary happen, you know. Like, <laughs> I I think they've tried, and I just don't think it can. I don't think it's gonna take. Is it? Is it because she has eye holes in her mask, and you can see the eyes, and not big white uh, coverings? Probably for the yeah. eye holes. That, yeah. that's, that's a really it. that's an inside DC three <laughs> joke. Yeah. That that that's. <laughs> Unless now, you've when, hacked our when, phones, you don't understand that. When, <laughs> when Red Canary gets Sweeney put into play. the James Gunn verse as Sydney Sweeney, then, <laughs> then she'll finally take off. And then Vince will finally see a DC movie in the theater. Okay, all right. What are we doing? <laughs> uh, Spitting truth. Um, yep. Here's what I'll say about this. I love Roger Cruz's art. Yes. I, I want him on a book every month. I forgot how much I liked it. Um, you know, he was on that that Damien Robin book for a while and a couple other things. Um, I, boy, I just I just think he's one of the tops. Just the way everything is staged. Kind of like the 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 like angular look of these characters. I, I just think it's everything is so pleasing to the eye. Um yeah, just just top notch shit. I, I love Roger Cruz's art. The story, uh, they're just trying to do uh, Ms. Marvel in DCU. That that's oh, all. Oh, is. so you're saying that Black Canary and Red Canary are married? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's that's an another, internet deep cut. Another deep cut to lads chat. Holy shit! Um. <laughs> I am saying that. No, I'm saying they're doing the thing where like. The the real the the like real life character who's a fan of superheroes becomes a superhero and it's it's fine it's fine but it's been done. It's a very ladies <laughs> reference for you there. Yeah, it's yep, it's all been done before. Yeah. Um, yeah, Moon I... has got I... the boom. Anime babes make me think the wrong thing. Of course I do. Um. Yeah, I, I have I have nothing to add to this. Essentially, it's fine. It's um, it's fine. Yeah. Uh, next up, the Jungle Society of America, written by Robert Venditti, illustrated by Gavin Guidry or Guidry, perhaps. Um, I thought this one was was a little bit silly 
but ultimately fine. I think it's very interesting that JSA, the book is ha- or Justice Society of America rather, is taking place in this like amorphous. Maybe it's in continuity. Maybe it's kind of not. But this book, this story, fully brings it into current continuity with <laughs> this huntress being that huntress, and um, you know, it's the. It's also funny how. I was like, oh, look at that. Two red canary stories in a row. Nope, red arrow. Forgot there were <laughs> two red uh, sidekicks in, in Star City right now. Um, but, you know, it, ha- it had some fun characters, and it was it was fine. I had no real no real issue with it. Yeah, that- I mean, this was completely disposable, but I it was easily my favorite of the bunch. Um, just because I liked the art, and I liked... Uh, Frog, Alan Scott, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and you liked seeing Stargirl get slimed. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. No, I just, yeah, I just really like, I'm, <laughs> I, anytime that DC does anything with this JSA configuration, I, I really like it. I really like Alan Scott's beard right now. <laughs> um, I like this version of the Huntress. Just, yeah, just, Anytime they they show up, I'm I'm you know pointing at the comic. <laughs> and then Big John's the, guy over here, yeah, exactly. In, in every way, John's didn't write this. Well, it's it's a, I know that, but it's a John's configuration. It's John's, yeah. John's is directly responsible for it. Well, yeah. And and like I said, you endorse everything that John's has done and said online and off. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, I'm not going to turn this into a Kanye situation. Okay, we'll see about that. We'll see about that. Uh, last but not least is the story called Like Son, which is the second part of uh, Like Father. This one, though, not done by the team for the first one. This one done by Rose Stein and Ted Brandt, who just go by Brandt and Stein at this point in their careers. Um, I thought that story-wise, this was the better half because it's not so uh, like exposition-heavy through Ollie's thoughts. But no offense to uh, Stein and Brandt, I feel like the uh, the Jamal Campbell art was just far superior in part one. Oh, I actually really like the art here. Um, it wasn't I would bad. Say, I just like the first one better. I'd say Campbell is probably like a little bit better, but I, I actually really like the style of this a lot. I liked how expressive the characters were. Um, yeah, I, I liked the, the art in this a good bit. I did too. I li- I liked I liked the 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 kind of wackiness, silliness of the art and uh and I yeah, I thought it paid off it paid off well on the setup from the first comic or from the first story. Um but what I will say is I, uh this is I I'm going to try to be as brief about this as possible because I've ranted about it so many times over the years, but in comics today, with the way that they're published and the way and how decompressed they are, you don't have the time to to nurture these kind of like re- relationship relationship uh, plot points between characters. So like, it, it's really frustrating to see these characters start to hash out their their issues, and then at the and you think they're gonna do it, and then at the end of the story they go. Uh, hey, Dad, can we 
can we talk? And then it's like, this will be continued down the road, you know, and, and it's going to be continued in, in beast world apparently. So like it will be soon enough, but I just think like the way that comics are published these days, the way that it takes forever to get through a story arc, you just need to be faster. You need to resolve these things faster. I think. Um, Cause it's like, it's like we say with Damien, right? Like, the conflict between Damien and Bruce never ends because when there's a story about it, you know, it takes at least six months to tell that story. And then it seems to be resolved at the end, but then like within the next six months, you will get another uh, tension between Bruce and Damien's story. And it just feels never ending. So like, like we said, we saw this in a different comic where there was like tension between the two of these characters because Ollie had been like an absentee dad for a while. Well, that's it. We're we're still not really any closer to resolving that, right? You know, and it's just it's just a little frustrating because um, that's all the story is really about, you know? Yeah. I do also want to say it's I I love that they did this, but it's very funny that there is a plot point from the DC Pride New Generation anthology brought back up here, mm-hmm. uh, just because those stories never get referenced anywhere else. Yeah, it is funny when they decide to like grab something from one of those anthology books, which which like you said, I think it's great because I think like if if people want to be invested in, in characters outside of like the major ones that will always have comics published. Those anthology books are great to get caught up on all these little ancillary characters. Um, you just never expect that stuff to show up again. It's right. It's kind of, kind of delightful when it is. Yeah. Okay. Now what comes out next week, Vince? (laughs) Uh, Alan Scott, The Green Lantern, number four. Batman, Superman, World's Finest uh, Annual. Batman and Robin Annual. Batman Offworld, number three. The DC Power 2024 uh, anthology book. Power Girl Uncovered, number one. Zach's buying two copies of that one. One for not kissing. The other one for you know what. Um, And Titans, Beast World, number six. uh, Trinity Special, number one. Well, uh, thank you for listening, as always, folks. Uh, we'll be back next week with more DC shenanigans. And uh, go to dcpcast.com for more. Bye-bye. Oh, that guy? No, that guy's not Talos. I mean, the only the only way you would think that is that the, the like, circles, the, like, circuit imagery on his shoulder things... Are vaguely Telosi, but that face in the mask is not at all like Telos. Nancy yeah. Telosi. <laughs> <laughs>